Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Six Feets Under uh, guest chat. Yeah, we're going to start with the chat, get to the game later, unless you listen to them in uh, the other order, which is your prerogative. So I am here with Drackle and Ix and our very special guest, James D'Amato of several Peaches and Hot Sauce uh, productions. Say hello. Hey, everyone. Thanks uh, for having me on. Sure. Yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce uh-huh. yourself and uh, what you do? Well, uh, I work. I uh, do several shows with Peaches and Hot Sauce about gaming, uh, funny enough. I do a show called One Shot, which is very similar to this program, where we have a bunch of different uh, people from around Chicago, usually Chicago improvisers and comedians, and we have them together to play role-playing games. And every month we try out a new role-playing system in a new one-shot adventure. And I also have a show called Critical Success, where we analyze... uh, and give advice for better GMing tech and role-playing techniques. Uh, and we use clips from the show to sort of demonstrate our points in that show. I, I also have an improv podcast. <laughs> you didn't know about the third one. I have an improv <laughs> podcast uh, called The Overshare, which is just a regular improv podcast. I, I swear we didn't steal this. This is like independent inspiration. Please. Isn't that so please funny? Please don't and- sue. No. By the way, I'm thinking of starting an improv podcast. <laughs> I will sue you into oblivion. It's That's all about definitely food. Definitely going to happen. It's all about food. That's it. That's the only topic. The topic is hey, food. And then we is, talk is it for three you hours. Take your improv classes in the back of a pie shop. Don't talk about that. Okay. Is that like a speakeasy improv class? Don't talk about it. <laughs> In any case, uh, since we're going to be playing Fiasco tonight, we thought this chat would be about uh, GMless games. So uh, first, before we talk about uh, the lack of something, let's talk about what it is. Uh, the GM uh, is the Game Master, is a role that doesn't necessarily have that title, but is common to the great majority of role-playing games. Sort of the, the person who does the organizing, who's in charge. Uh, I think there's two big responsibilities there like uh that that come historically at first uh before there was role playing there was war gaming and before there was a dungeon master there was the referee just the uh the person who knew the rules and acted as the impartial arbiter thereof and then as a story became a bigger part of people's play uh then that person was relied on to basically bring the plot to to uh have the characters run through to the point where some games even call them the storyteller if you're playing White Wolf. So, uh, there's Story that. Keeper, Story but keeper, close. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm here to keep it 100 accurate. <laughs> Alright. Everybody, everybody loves tonight. the nerd who corrects people. Uh, so that's what it is. Let's talk about games that ain't got it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, just like any, uh, sort of game design technology, you can choose not to have it, even though that's a less popular choice. Although, in terms of just absolute numbers, there are dozens and dozens, if that's all you want to play, is GMless games, and you're going to have a lot of fun doing it, because a lot of them are pretty great. Yeah. Uh, I have a theory as to why it is that they're pretty great, and I got this theory from working on a GMless game of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, as a card game, I need to get back to it. But the card game, 
the idea of the card game is that you have a deck of fortune cards and a deck of misfortune cards, and on your turn, like, all the players play as uh, uber-typical RPG classes like knight and warrior and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And on your turn, um, fortune cards you can play from your hand at any time, just like a regular card game. It's your choice when to play them. But misfortune cards say when to play them, and they cause something bad to happen. So, for instance, if another player um, does something, somebody else might have a misfortune card in their hand that demands that they play it and cancel it out. And even though the player holding the misfortune card has no chance in the has no choice in the matter matter rather, it ends up creating this interesting antagonistic grudge against the person who ruined your thing, even though they had no choice, even if they do apologize. <laughs> so. Huh. It's absolutely a cooperative game. The only way to win the game is for all the players to defeat all the monsters in the deck. But one review that kept coming up from playtesters was this is not a cooperative game because it seemed like in the vast majority of the games that I tested, the players always ended up going against each other and trying to quote-unquote win for their own standards by messing up other people. And I don't know if any of them ever actually won a game in that way, but <laughs> the point that I'm getting at is I think in a GMless game, it's important for players to be able to get at each other's throats in, in a mechanic fashion. Like, okay. even if even in games where the GM is called the storyteller or if they're in more of a referee position, there is kind of the specter of antagonism between the player and the referee or the GM or whatever you want to call them, you know? Uh-huh. Because even if the GM frequently ends up rooting for the PCs like Ironicus does, oh. it, it's still him that set up the monsters in the first place, so there's still the idea of conflict and contest. So, I think once that gets I... removed, um, it's important for it to be redistributed a little among the players so they can kind of take control of it themselves, or at least it makes for an interesting game if they can do so. I think that's a great point. The the GM definitely has that sort of antagonistic role, because when you're playing a collaborative game, the attitude is us against the world, and the GM is the world. Absolutely. Uh, So when you take take that away, uh, and you're still striving for something, those goals, like, the only thing that exists is the other people at the table with you. So you have to create some sort of atmosphere where players can bounce back off of each other. Now, it's possible to do a fully collaborative game, but most of the time, uh, GM-less systems focus more on having a mechanic that allows players to go after each other. Fiasco in particular, you go after each other for story (laughs) reasons that wreck each other's day all the time. Yeah, the majority of games like that, I think if you set up perfect computer programs whose only objective was to win then they would perfectly collaborate but i don't i think very few people go into the <laughs> game solely for themselves to win they usually end up wanting at least one other person to lose right uh, so i want you to lose ironicus i'm just letting you know ahead of time people often do uh, <laughs> i think it's it's interesting how uh th- those two roles of the gm need to be held up even if there isn't one. So often, like with a, uh, a card game like that, the, the, the referee, the, the arbiter of rules becomes the game itself or the game book. Right. Uh, so uh, I, you could think of any sort of uh, board game 
or card game as a GMless game, just with the abstraction and the choice points taken out, all the way down to just like a choose your own adventure book. Right. Uh, a very railroady GMless uh, RPG. That, that's what a choose your own adventure book is. It's kind of, it's or kind of, or a video game like an yeah, RPG yeah. <laughs> video, absolutely. Or on the, rare, on, the far, on the far other end of the spectrum, when you play Solitaire, like the, outcome, <laughs> the outcome of the game, if you, even if you play perfectly, has been determined by the, from the start by random chance in the order of the deck. And I think uh, another role of the GM is providing context, because uh, you could go into, you could say, uh, the players are going to do all of these things, They're, they have all these things that they want to do, but without a storyteller... How do you actually construct those into a series of events rather than just, I'm going to open a pie shop today? <laughs> I think dare. if it weren't for you, we would just we would have discovered the empire in food stands. Yeah, you need to have a very directed goal for, for a party without a GM. I um, think... Uh, I actually played... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You are oh, our special played... guest, please. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Using that guest pass already. Uh, I played a game today called uh, One Last Job, and it has the option of not having a GM in the system. And everybody's essentially collaborating to put together a heist movie. Uh, And the antagonistic idea in that is these things called danger dice, which represent uh, different threats in the area. It could be a laser security grid. It could be a security guard. Uh, all sorts of things like that. And you can eliminate the GM role if all of the players agree to when the danger dice win, describe scenarios wherein their characters lose. Uh, so if you need to somehow remove the personal onus of deciding, okay, I've lost at this point. Uh, this, this system tells you, okay, you have lost. Tell us how you've lost. Yeah. I think um, the willingness of the players is a pretty big part, which also makes it pretty interesting in a GMless game where it's really, really easy to cheat if all the players are working together. But that might be okay if everyone is still having fun. You know? Like well, that's the point of wanna, any game, right? If yeah. you just play Dragon Ball Z and everybody is just teleporting to around and blowing up planets, if it's fun. Hell yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that for fiasco. That, that's what I do on any given Thursday. But uh, the uh, the example I was going to bring up, um, uh, talking about a game that provides context and does the the story lifting uh, in a GMless manner, is another Jason Morningstar game, Gray Ranks. It's about the Warsaw Uprising of World War II. It's it's not a cheerful game, uh, but it is. Uh, another fantastic design and it's full of like real historical notes of the teenagers of the gray ranks who you will be portraying like i mean you you make up your own but that sort of uh historical heroism to just give you an idea of what's possible because it actually happened truth is stranger than fiction in a lot of these cases i recommend you you pick up the book and read it even if you never play it it's, it's great uh so we talked a bunch about what makes a good GMless game, but what makes a really bad GMless game? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think yeah. special guest. Oh goodness, again! Uh, 
it depends on what aspects of GMing and gaming that you're focusing on. Uh, really, the GM provides this sort of role where you get to set up all this stuff. And if you're trying to have the same gaming experience that you have with a GM, without a GM, you're I think you're going to get yourself into trouble. Yeah. There are certain things no that one's that doing role that does really heavy well. lifting prep. You're not you never see especially crunchy GMless games. That's true. I mean, you you do, but they're boring. Yeah. I, I think because <laughs> the game can play against you randomly. Uh, for the two-page tabletop contest that I judged, uh, we received a game called uh, like Dungeon Sprint or something like that, and it would have been really easy to automate. However, the creatures that you would be fighting against would be acting completely without strategy or any sort of interesting conflict for you. So if you're focusing heavily on battle and strategy, that's something that you actually need another person who is willing to play against you to do. You you can't just be like, oh, well, now I'll cut myself, but not too hard so that I can still win this. It, it's... I, I think really crunchy GM-less games are focusing on the wrong aspects of role-playing, and they're not going to go in the right direction. It seems like a game like that is more focused on the victory than the story, which is kind of against the idea of games that have a GM in the first place. Like, even saying, let's play 13th Age, even if Ironicus wins, it's going to be good for everyone because it'll be interesting and fun. But if you have a game that is... If you have a game that isn't really a GM so much as it is um, asymmetric between one team and another, it it's a lot harder to automate something like that because one side, well, both sides are just trying to win rather than uh, make an interesting story of the gameplay itself. So I think I lost track of where I was going with this, but <laughs> the point is. It's a lot easier to have a GMless game if the object of the game is the game itself and not so much the outcome. Uh, one point I wanted to bring up is that something uh, I noticed when just looking at, at lists uh, is that GMless games tend to be built around a very specific experience. Like a Fiasco, while there's a million playbooks, it's, it's based after a certain sort of story structure. Uh, of hectic yeah. things going bad. Penny for My Thoughts is a very uh, unique and bizarre. It's more of an experience than a game, and it's the same sort of thing. How We Came to Live Here is all about the, the myths and legends of Native American people. It's a very, very specific experience, and I wondered if anyone had any idea why why that is. Why doesn't Why don't people make more broad and general like less focused designs to, to be GMless. Is it because the uh, the GM role provides that focus in a game design like that and without it you need to put it in yourself at the, at the design stage? Yeah, I think that might be part of it and I think that's also a difference between a GMless game and a game where everyone has a turn at being a GM like your own game Ironicus Triad Oh man, if only that got out of a first draft <laughs> <laughs> Someday one of these days. And Everyone is John is another example of a game where everyone gets a turn at being a GM, so... Sort of. It's sort of, like... Sort of. You can actually have it for that game. Most of the times I've played it, you do, but you, you can get rid of that role really easily. Yeah. You can certainly take that stupid game anywhere. 
I've always wanted to play around where everyone has to be a famous John, like John Romero, uh, John Smith of the colonial era. Just that'd be a great set of voices. Everyone is John, and maybe you know him. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. What if you're already named John? Well, then you get to be your self-insert, or no, the person on your left gets to play as you. That that's what happens. That's way better. Yeah, it's way better. So what, <laughs> so what other aspects are there of Fiasco in particular, since we're about to play? Right. That make it real suited to being GMless. Uh, I think it's absolutely the strong character relationship foundation. It provides you a lot of the, uh, you know, motivation that you need as a player. You know who your character is. You know what their relationship is with the other people around the table. So you don't need an external force guiding you through the game. You have things that you want to accomplish and you have to accomplish these things through scenes and other people tell you whether or not that works out for you. So you don't need somebody stringing you along or putting a story together because the story is naturally going to unfold because it's grounded you so much in who you are yeah what he said uh <laughs> yeah yeah it's also an interesting parallel with 13th age and it's st super strong character development though that's more connecting your character to the world than yeah. it is to other characters i i do think the important thing about relationships in fiasco uh about characters is that there are some of relationships rather than this is what's special about me it's this is what unites me and the person on my left and me and the person on my right yeah uh it's pretty great let's play it <laughs> let's sum up let's sum up and get down to it i'm batman <laughs> Let's sum up this conversation so I can be Batman. Okay, well, today we learned that uh, the GM role is optional, and while it contains a, a lot of very important things to make a good game, those can be uh, accomplished in other means, and doing that opens up a, a wealth of other opportunities to get uh, a lot more... Uh, variety in your playstyle, and to, you know, share the load. One thing I love is that a GMless games game means I don't have to do the GMing. I get to yeah. Yeah. I, I get to do the fun part without the the other fun part. The the advanced fun part. Let's let's call it that. Also, I think ah, GMless games work better when all players have an objective besides just straight up winning mechanically. Like point total winning. Mm -hmm. Like you certainly can win in fiasco, but it's yeah, I don't think it's really the goal. Yeah, yeah, the whole game is sort of the victory for you. Yeah, absolutely. Man, we should all just hold hands and sing kumbaya after that one. Oh yeah, that's gonna work out <laughs> real well in fiasco, I'm sure. Let's get <laughs> and let's see what happened. Do 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 do. <laughs>